So there's always a certain level of apprehension, even anxiety, going into a new season of a show you love. God knows I feel it whenever there is a new season of Ted Lasso around the corner. And I am happy to report that everything is as it should be. Ted Lasso is still delightful. Eh. I, I don't trust you on this, sorry, Bahe, because you said the exact same <laughs> thing for season two. And then by the end of the season, you were all like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> no, but my, my apprehension comes from the fact that I'm, I'm still wary about this potential third season being the last. I'm wary with how heavy it started. I kind of missed that first season, that the magic of that first season. And I don't know if it's just because I was surprised by it. I think your memory is flawed in this one. I rewatched the first season and the second season before this one came out. Sure, sure. The first season is pretty fucking heavy, dude. It's only the first few episodes that feel light. By the time they get on the bus to go on tour and we learn of Ted's divorce and anxiety, the whole season takes a different turn. And all of that heavy material comes into play. I agree with you. I think that those kind of episodes are littered throughout both seasons. And again, it's one of those things where it's hard to review on one or two episodes. I think you have to go through the entire journey and then realize how much you love it because you cannot judge this thing by just one 40-minute episode, I think. And, and that's the hard thing with Ted Lasso. With Ted Lasso, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop and that other shoe being just heartfelt goodness i think because season three starts off i wouldn't say dark but very emotional there's henry leaving ted there is rebecca going on this maybe crusade against rupert her ex-husband there's the whole nate shelley of everything there is ted lasso himself who is still maybe not dealing with depression and anxiety but still trying to recover from it from the previous seasons. And I think that first episode sort of really reminds you that, look, this isn't just a ha-ha, good-hearted show. But I think it still is, though. And I think that's why the show succeeds as well as it does. Because even in the previous two seasons, there were all of these incredibly heavy themes. And the biggest one being Ted's depression. And... Mm. I don't think I have seen such a representation on screen before where here is this guy who is going through so much and yet he's completely wearing this mask all the time. Yeah. It is in drastic contrast to what we see in Shrinking, which is, of course, about a group of therapists who don't hide how they feel because they're always talking about it. Ted, however, yeah. bottles everything up inside. And so... To see him try and make the world feel better while he is suffering is a very interesting take on a sitcom character. And it's something that the show has done throughout its three seasons. But I think the way they undercut that darkness and that heaviness is why the show is still so delightful. Like even in that first episode with his son leaving, with him going through this existential crisis and not knowing how to deal with Nate or whether or not he wants to win that bad anymore, and why he's still in England. Like, all of these questions are there, but the way they undercut that with humor is where I think the writing really shines. 
I go back to my earlier statement regarding how you can't judge this show by episode one, you know, and I think that was exactly the song I sang after I saw episode one of season one, right? I kept telling people, look, you can't just judge this on episode one. I've seen the first, at the time I'd seen the first three episodes and look, there's more to come and I think you'll enjoy this. I guess my contention with that is, as a whole, I agree with you. The purpose of the show only comes to light after you've finished a season, for example, because they are building up towards something. And I think even by the time we reach season two, we realized how clever they were in setting up Nate's downfall. Mm. That said, I think as standalone episodes, they're still incredibly well written. And that's how I think I judge this on an episode to episode basis, because it is so hard to come across great sitcoms these days. And when we're watching an episode of Shrinking or an episode of Ted Lasso, it's very clear that the writing is so tight. And when I say tight, I was sitting down the other day and I was sitting there with a pen and pad trying to list out all of the pop culture references in the first episode of season one. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, It is so intricately woven into their every conversation. There is so much stuff. And for me, that cleverness is incredible because nothing is explained. All of the references are very readily accessible to you and me and anyone watching the show because we have a certain amount of a priori knowledge about pop culture. And so whether he's making a musical reference or a film reference or a television reference, a Star Wars reference, whatever, it's never too obscure or inside baseball. It's just the right reference that the vast majority of the masses will get what he's saying. And I think all of that writing just sings. There is a beautiful sort of improv way to do it and of course that comes from the fact that Jason Sudeikis and Jeremy Hunt having known each other for I think almost 20 years or something and having done improv with each other for about 20 years or something so the the jokes and those what should be inside baseball moments between the two of them are also very natural to the rest of us it never feels obscure none of it feels like they're playing for laughs when when Ted Lasso drops a lassoism that is pop culture driven there's no camera pause for jokes there's no beat for everybody to laugh at and i think that works into not just the character's folksy wholesomeness but it also brings you in as an audience because even if you didn't catch it the first time you'll get the next one or you'll get the one after that because you're now figuring out that this is just how ted lasso works yeah right that is beautiful writing and i completely agree with you with everything i just felt like season three opens up look i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying i don't like the way it makes me feel (laughs) because i'm waiting for badness to happen you know and i think that's where my apprehension comes from on that sense i totally agree with you that's where we're at though because the last season ended on such a dour note everything bad was set up nate had betrayed them Roy and Keeley were on the verge of a breakup. Ted was feeling pretty out of sorts. Yes, he had won and they had been promoted to the Premier League. But at the same time, you know, this young man who he had nurtured for so long 
And it's the worst thing, right? Because it wasn't that Nate betrayed him, but he was feeling down because he felt that he had not done enough for Nate. And that, given Ted's anxiety and depression, is possibly the worst possible thing because he is a fixer. And, and so you're right. It feels like there is darkness at the beginning of the season. But I think that's the journey that we need to take. Because Ted Lasso, for all practical purposes, is doing what all sequels and trilogies do, right? Like season one is A New Hope. Season two is The Empire Strikes Back. And season three is Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So season two is where everything goes badly for our heroes. The family is kind of torn apart and spread out across the galaxy. And then in season three, they kind of find each other and come back together. And that's like a standard template that really works. James Gunn does it in Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. We're assuming Guardians 3 is going to head down in that direction because from the trailer alone, it looks like lots of darkness in that one. And so Ted Lasso seems to be borrowing from that template. But I just enjoy watching the craftsmanship of these episodes. Like these are writers and actors at the top of their game. I'm watching the episode and I'm like, everything, the, the timing just sings. Like the jokes, even in that first episode, when Higgins just goes, yo. And yeah. the moment when Ted just looks at him and he goes, you're going with yo? And he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. It just fell off. And like yeah. all of that interaction, it just shows how comfortable these actors are in both their characters and the family that they've kind of built up over the last few years. And you know what it is as well? It feels like this is the first true, I'm loath to use the term, but it is, I guess, is the first American sitcom with British banter. Yes. It's shot like an American show. It feels like an American show with English people in it, but the banter and the dialogue feels so British that it's it sort of both confuses me and delights me at the same time. And I agree. I think, and you know what? Like, I've seen the first episode of season three and it really feels like they've dialed that in perfectly now. But also it's because we've come to live with these characters for such a long time, right? It's about, it feels like we're just hanging out with friends and family again. And I think the same goes with Ted and the other characters in the show. Like at the press conference, when he's trying to do the callback joke, suddenly there's a level of comfort between him and the journalist that wasn't there in season one. I love that progression as well, because in season one, there was this yeah. real awkwardness with British journalists not knowing how to handle Ted. And then this callback that happens in this first episode of this season, it's just so well written and so well played. It's never explicitly mentioned. But you can tell from the faces of the journalists that it's like, oh, Ted, like, we know you now. There's a thawing of the ice between them. And they're not friends, but it's just like, there's this idea that, oh, you know, this is Ted. We'll have to roll with it. He expects us to say this, you know. We're still opponents, but there is a grudging respect. I don't even know if it's grudging respect. I think it's just an acceptance. I think it's just an acceptance on behalf of the journalists that, you know, that's just Ted. Can I just say, though, I've seen the first four episodes because we got access to the first four episodes. Now, we're not allowed to talk about episodes two, three, and four because they're still under embargo. But from the first episode alone, I think the person that deserves an Emmy most is Nick Muhammad. My God. Oh. He is so good. Like, 
he is constantly grappling between this fake sense of bravado and his real insecurities. And here's the thing. I think he's been written so wonderfully in that even in that fake bravado, he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe that that is who he is. He just believes that that is who everybody else wants him, needs him to be. And that's what he needs to be. I feel like he doesn't want to be that guy, which is how I think they'll come back from it. And he's still craving approval, right? Yes. Whether it's from his new boss, whether it's from the text that his mom sends him because he's just like, oh, my dad's still a dick. And Mm. he's still craving that approval. And that is something that we see throughout. Like when you rewatch that first episode, it's all there. And that's what I love. When Ted remembers his name and he's so surprised. Yeah. That Ted, that someone, that anyone remembered his name. Like, all of that arc was just built up. Like, he is by far the most complex character in this series. I just hope season three doesn't stray from all that. I'm not entirely sure I'm happy with the Keely Jones setting up her PR thing because it feels like now there's time I have to spend there. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Have you seen more episodes or have you only seen the first one? I've seen the first three. I've seen the first three. I think in episodes two and three... It's very clear that you aren't just going to be spending time there, right? Because she's very much in the fold. And and look, all this comes from the hanging axe over my head thinking that this is the final season. I think anybody who's said that this is the final season, I think is being irresponsible because <laughs> I'm not entirely sure it is. So to be clear, he hasn't really said it's the final season. He just said it's the final part of this storyline. Yes, Exactly. So he said season three will wrap up this storyline, but the door isn't closed to season four. Yes, yes, yes. And we don't know what season four might be, right? Season four might be Ted going back to America, for example, or... I think season four could be Nate Shelley taking over Richmond. Or even season three could end with Nate Shelley taking over Richmond. All we've heard about Jason Sudeikis talking about doing the show is that he wants to do three seasons, then he wants to go back to the US to be with his kids. So it feels like, yeah, you can go, <laughs> you know? You know, Phil Dunster, Brett Goldstein, Jeremy Swift, Anna Waddingham, Nick Muhammad, Brendan Hunt can keep going. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'd hate it because I love the character of Ted Lasso so much, but I also really love the show and the characters they've built and the relationship they have. I think that's always been one of the strongest suits of all the Bill Lawrence shows, right? Whether it's Spin City, Cougar Town, Scrubs, Ted Lasso, even Shrinking, it is one of the few shows that truly celebrates an ensemble Mm. where every character is as important as the next. Sure, Ted is the title character, But there is so much work put into developing all of the other characters that you love them equally. And I think you could go around and ask people, hey, who's your favorite character in Ted Lasso? And not everyone's going to say Ted Lasso. I think everyone's going to have their own favorite character. Like, I absolutely love Rebecca. I think she is just fantastic. The way her character has grown as well and then now slipped back into this rage she has for her ex-husband. But of course, yet again, it's not the same rage that she had in season one. Now, she's grown as well. So now it's this competitive edge because she wants to beat him. 
She doesn't want to destroy him and destroy everything he loves. Now she wants to beat him. And I think all of that character development is really cool and makes you love, well, different ones. Roy has grown. Everyone has grown in this show and everyone has become something different, which is so funny. Like I was just thinking about a show like Star Trek Discovery, for example, where everything is so focused on the central characters that we still don't know half the names of the side characters or can't remember them because they don't play any significant part. Meanwhile, every episode of Ted Lasso, it feels like someone has something to contribute. And I love that they do that. I love that the writer's room pays attention to everyone. It's a show that feels like it has weight to it. And I think that's what's important. So much of our entertainment feels dispensable. And I think I feel the same way about shrinking as well. There is something there that I'm taking away. Once I'm done with every episode, I feel, I don't want to say I feel like I'm learning something because that's not it. It's not like it's got a message in every episode. It just feels like it somehow impacted my life in some way. Impacted is a good word you don't learn a lesson at the end of it, right? But at the same time, you come away from it feeling satisfied, feeling like you've gotten something and are better for it. I'm sure we will be talking a lot more about these episodes as they drop every week. Let us know if you want spoilery recaps of Ted Lasso. Like every episode is so rich in detail. And every time I rewatch these episodes, and I tend to rewatch them quite a bit, I discover new things and new layers to the writing and the performances and there is so much happening it's just really really good stuff but anyway i don't know if this is this is more about me well actually no i do know it says more about me than anything else but i can't bring myself to rewatch seasons of of Lasso only because i don't I don't want to feel that way again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to refeel the heartbreak. I don't want to refeel the oh, I get the, that the pain throughout the show. Right? I'm just like, mm, I love it. I loved feeling it the first time, but I don't think I'm mad enough to have to go through watching Ted Lasso break down outside the club. I don't know if I'm mad enough to see that moment between Rebecca Welton and Sam Obisanya after that night they, they spent together. It just it feels like, I don't know if I want to do that to myself again. Dead Lasso Season 3 is now streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. The first episode is out. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. You can reach out on all of our social media feeds, GogglerMY. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Don't forget... You can also send us a message on any one of those platforms and we'll send you an invite to our brand new Discord server where you can talk to us in real time. Also, watch this space because we have the most amazing Ted Lasso giveaway coming your way. It is going to be a big one. Super limited edition shit we got to give away. And you can find out how to win great, great prizes on the Goggler social media feed. So check us out there. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.